Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports. From the preps. The pass intercepted. Lincoln Cure has it. And there's nobody around. It's going to be a pick six for the sophomore Cure. 10-5 touchdown. Goodland. To the pros. Step back three for key. Bang. He got it. What a shot. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. We're back on the Morning Blitz on this August the 2nd. Glad you could join us for the next hour or so. As we get you up to date on the world of sports happening around the listening area. Glad to be with you here on this Wednesday. A beautiful start. Sunshine out shining on our way to a temperatures in the low 80s to, sorry, low 90s to upper 80s. I beg your pardon. But a uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, Wednesday morning after a pretty muggy night. Was out at the fair last night uh, here in Goodland, and definitely one of the muggier nights I've ever spent at the fair. It's it's like the you know it's you know I've got two kids under the age of four, and it's it's their time. They're they're so happy when they go to the fair. They have it's uh, pure joy. <laughs> they even wake up in a better mood. I found out today, which is good to see. So uh, you know, the fair is a good time for the kids, and it's uh, fun as a parent watching them enjoy the time. Uh, at the fair. But I hope everyone else is having a great start to your day. Full show ahead here on this Wednesday. If you want to be part of the program, you can hit us up on our text line. The number to do so is 785-899-2222. 785-899-2222. The number to be part of the Morning Blitz here on this Wednesday morning. Where today, Dan Lucero is expected to join us. Uh, we couldn't get a hold of Dan last week. I believe we are expected to visit with him this week. And I look forward to visiting with him about the MLB trade deadline, uh, especially how the Rockies and the Royals handled the, handled the trade deadline. Colorado uh, going to uh, the Big 12. Uh, you know, Dan, being a Denver native, uh, has a lot of good insights on the Colorado Buffaloes and uh and all the stuff that pertains to them, which includes them now going to the Big 12 Conference and what that can mean going forward. And so we'll get with Dan Lucero about that coming up here in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, we will get to a Big 12 quarterback that's in some hot water. Uh, we'll get to that coming up here in our final segment of the day as well. But we got plenty of things to get this show rolling here on this Wednesday, and we will get it rolling with the front page, the latest in headlines. 
Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's the front page on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? So speaking of the trade deadline, that's the big storyline coming off of yesterday. The trade deadline ended at 6 Eastern, 5 Central, 4 Mountain Time. Uh, the trade deadline was done. And the funny thing is about the trade deadline, at least it seems this way in Major League Baseball, is that it really, <laughs> you know, it may get done at, at that time, but there's usually a lot of deals that leak out about a good 10 minutes afterwards, maybe 10 to a half hour uh, afterwards. Uh, more Starting first and foremost with deals pertaining to our regional team. So the latest trade that happened that involved either the Royals or the Rockies was the Royals shipping right-handed reliever, their closer, Scott Barlow, to the Padres. So that trade was completed there. They were able to get that done. Uh, another late deal is that they went out and they brought in, uh, the Braves did, they went out and traded for Brad Hand. And so you have Brad Hand, a veteran reliever, uh, Pierce Johnson, who's had some up and downs this year. Both of those former Rockies going to the Braves uh, in a completed trade that went down at the trade deadline for the most part. So those are some late deals. You know, probably of the biggest deals that happened, there weren't a lot of, there weren't a ton of massive ones. I don't think there were a ton of massive pro of massive trades. Um, the Boston Red Sox acquired Luis Urias from the from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Miami Marlins brought in big first baseman Josh Bell from Cleveland for Gene Segura and Khalil Watson. Uh, probably the big the big trade at the deadline involved the Cardinals and the Orioles. You had Jack Flattery, uh, the pitcher right hander for the Cardinals, going to the Orioles, which was a pretty big deal. Um, but this, at the same time, that was the only thing that the Orioles did uh, at the trade deadline. They did not do really anything else um, for that. They did not do anything else when it came to uh, the trade deadline, which was kind of surprising. Uh, Tommy Pham, outfielder for the New York Mets, was acquired by my Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Arizona was decently aggressive at the trade deadline for the most part before the trade deadline. In fact, they were... So good, according to CBS Sports, that Arizona uh, got the highest grade for, or one of the highest grades of all when it comes to the trade deadline. Uh, they got an A grade because they went out and got a closer in Paul Seawall. They added a third baseman in Jace Peterson. Uh, they also brought in Tommy Pham, who was considered the best hitting outfielder on the trade deadline block, I guess, and they got another guy, another relief pitcher in there as well. I was surprised the Braves only got a B, according to CBS Sports. Thought they did a good job. I mean, they're already pretty loaded. They just went out and brought in a few more bullpen hands, which is what you can always need. They also brought in Royals, uh, Royals uh, second base middle infielder there, Nicky Lopez. So they did that. Uh, there was not a lot. Uh, there was not a lot that the Orioles did. They didn't help their case a whole lot. Uh, probably the biggest storyline when it involved a team that was selling was probably the Mets. I mean, remember, they dumped, they got rid of Justin Verlander early yesterday. They, or that might have been last, that might have been early Monday night. But they got Justin Verlander. They shipped him and his big deal off. They shipped off Max Scherzer. I mean, they had $353 million worth of payroll. They had to pay $100 million in luxury tax. And they had such a bad year this year. And they're, they're dumping pretty much all the pieces they brought in, including their best pitchers, 
for their biggest name pitchers in Scherzer and Verlander. Verlander back to the Astros where he won a World Series back in 2022, just last year. And then, of course, Scherzer going to the Rangers. They get rid of Tommy Pham. They, they had a fire sale. They had a fire sale. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, when you come look at the Rockies and the Royals, they did what they had to do. They needed to get out there. They needed to dump players, and they did that. They got some pieces back for some decent pieces that they had. But MLB trade deadline is in the books. Once again, I, I missed on some things and hit on everything. Uh, there were some other deals that happened, but for the most part, those were the big ones uh, that happened at the uh, trade deadline or before the trade deadline sounded yesterday at 6 Eastern. Uh, in Major League Baseball, now you've got your teams that are set for the finish. And like I mentioned yesterday, there's a lot of teams in the mix right now for you know playoff contention. A lot of teams are in that mix. Just depends if, if they can hold on or if they can, they can get the pieces put back together to, to finish strong. That's going to be the big thing. Speaking of baseball, interesting night last night for the Kansas City Royals. Boy, what a nutty game that was. The Royals taking on the fire sale Mets. Pulled off a pretty improbable comeback in extra innings. After Carlos Hernandez gave up a two-run bomb in the top of the 10th to put Kansas City down two runs, most people would have thought, well, this game is over. But the Royals come up and score three runs in the bottom of the 10th and get a win with a walk-off balk to get the victory. It started with Bobby Witt Jr. doubling to center, which drove in Michael Garcia to make it a one-run game. MJ Melendez singled to center, bringing in Bobby Witt. And then after what was, I think, a, an error and a walk on top of those two things, a balk while MJ Melendez was at the plate. or Sorry, while MJ Melendez was at third, that brought him in. And uh, that makes it 7-6, to six, the Royals, with the balk-off winner, as they like to say. Carlos Hernandez, who gave up those two runs and looked like he was going to handle the loss, he actually takes the win, his first of the season, after working that one inning in extra. Zach Granke, five innings in the start last night, four hits, one run. It was earned three strikeouts for Zach. Uh, offensively, two-hit night for Matt Duffy, uh, two-hit night for um, Samad Taylor, in the win last night for the Royals, but it was the top of the order, Garcia, Witt, Melendez, uh, that got things done, uh, and it mattered most, to say the least. So, Royals get the win. Guess what? They've won four in a row. Four wins in a row for the Royals, who had not won three in a row all season long. They've now pushed that to four in a row, heading into tonight's Game 2 with the Mets. That's scheduled for 7-10 Central Time. You've got uh, Cole Reagans who was with the Rangers, is on the mound for the Royals. believe in his first start for Kansas City. All right, so that was a nutty game. The Rockies, on the other hand, they handed a, they were handed a loss. A big night from Juan Soto, who was not traded by the Padres. They were buyers once again. Soto went two for five. Both those hits were long balls with two runs scored and two RBIs for Juan Soto. Uh, multiple other guys had multiple nights there for the Padres. And Peter Lambert saddled with the loss. Four and a third, four hits, four runs, all earned, two walks, two strikeouts. Another big night, though, for Ryan McMahon. Two for four with two runs scored and four RBIs. He had himself his 18th home run in the ball ballgame. Uh, Jerickson Profar, three hits and two runs scored in a losing effort last night for Colorado, which lost for the fifth time in the last seven games. They had a two-game win streak snapped. They wrap up that series with San Diego. 
here this afternoon. It's a 110 Mountain Time first pitching here on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Rockies and Padres, little afternoon baseball. Other big news in Major League Baseball last night was a no-no. The first left-handed no-hitter in Astros history, Fromber Valdez, uh, no-hits the Cleveland Guardians uh, for MLB's just third no-hitter this season. And he did it so efficiently, just 93 pitches for Fromber Valdez, which was very, very impressive to get that done. I mean, it wasn't like he went out there and struck everybody out. Um, I don't want to say that, but Fromber Valdez, nine innings, one walk, seven Ks, a known hitter for Fromber Valdez and a 2-0 win for the Houston Astros. Like I said, first lefty in Astros history to get himself, to give them a, a no-hitter. Congratulations to Fromber Valdez. And I thought even the better stat was the catcher, Martin Maldonado. That guy, that was his third no-hitter that he has caught in his career. Okay, that guy knows what he's doing. That guy should be worth more money based on that stat right there. If he can go out there and he can get three different pitchers to go out there and throw three separate no-hitters, that guy knows something. Surprised he wasn't traded at the trade deadline or getting looked at for that. So, well, of course, he's not going to get traded because he's on the Astros and they're, they're looking to win. They are looking to win. They were buyers of the deadline once again. Let's go to uh, K-State and K- KU football. Last uh, Over the last couple days, a few preseason honors have rolled the ways of a few Jayhawks and Wildcats. Uh, quarterback Jalen Daniels and Will Howard for the Wildcats and the Jayhawks, respectively, as well as KU running back Devin Neal were named to the Maxwell preseason watch list, presented to the, player, to the College Player of the Year. And the Hawk Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant, named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list, honors the Nationals' defensive players. So if you guys are getting some preseason honors, everyone usually gets it. There's a big, long list. It's not like it's a huge deal. But once again, getting recognition for being good football players are both the Jayhawks and the Wildcats. And an interesting storyline here, I find, to follow along and, and see where this all goes. We've been following it for a long time, honestly, but to see where it all lands is that sources are saying that the Pac-12 leader, when it comes to their media rights deal, and this is where I guess in my heart of hearts and in my gut, I thought this was where it would be going, in my opinion. But it sounds like as if the Pac-12 is going to be pretty much with Apple. That's the best deal out on the table right now is Apple Plus is wanting to give a streaming deal. Now, I here's the thing. There's been talks for months and a whole bunch of uncertainty. But if this is the best deal that comes out, George Klyakov, who already is on the hot seat, needs to be let go. But apparently right now, Apple's streaming deal has merged as the likely, as it emerged as the likely leader at this point. And so they were, I was, according to sources, the first year of this deal, it's respect, uh, what's respected to be a relatively short-term contract with Apple. So I don't think it's going to be very long, not like 10 years or in the case of the ACC, which signed like a 20-year deal a few years back. Nonetheless, this, this deal with Apple might be a short one that's going to start next season not this coming season, but the following in 24-25. Relatively low to the league's hopes and what they were hoping to make, but the deal would increment incrementally improve and potentially be competitive with peers in the Big 12 and the ACC down the road, provided certain subscription numbers are met. That's the biggest thing right there that it says at the bottom. 
provided that certain subscription numbers are met. Here's my thing. Is this going to be like MLB Season Pass? Or sorry, not MLB. Well, actually, it could be. But MLS. So on Apple Plus, there's MLS Season Pass. It's it's like MLB TV. So do you have to pay an extra? Like you gonna? Is, is it like buying NFL Sunday Ticket, for example? You have to spend an extra 250 bucks to watch Pac-12 football. Is that what you're gonna have to do, or is it a part of the Apple TV? You know, if you uh, if you just part if you know if you pay the 14 because the way Apple TV works. Apple TV Plus, the app to watch like For All Mankind and like their type of shows, that's like probably 14 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month. Then on top of that, I think if you want to watch MLS, that's another $20, $30 on top of that. So I think there's quite a bit of money, you know, that you're spending per month to watch MLS soccer. And is that the way it's going to be with the Pac-12? Or is it if you are paying the 14 bucks on Apple TV, you get this. Kind of like what baseball is like. Because there's a few Apple TV Friday Night Baseball games that you get included with Apple TV. So, I'm intrigued. What is that? Is it... To me, it sounds like as if you're going to pay an extra subscription to watch Pac-12 football. On top of your 14 bucks a month, you got to pay an extra 20 bucks or something a month to watch Pac-12 sports. Not even Pac-12 football. Pac-12 sports. And that stinks because this is the reason why the Pac-12 is behind in the first place. Because they've become so exclusive, I think, even without trying to be exclusive. Because, think about it, they were on the Pac-12 network with Comcast, and no one really got the Pac-12 network, so you couldn't watch some of the games at all. And if they lose this deal with ESPN, which is how most people watch the Pac-12, you're you're losing viewership left and right. Now, I get if you get subscriptions and that's money coming in the door paying to watch your product. But guess what? You're only pertaining to your fan bases. That's all you're doing. You're pertaining to the Oregon fan base, the Washington fan base, the Cal fan base, whatever it may be. That's all you're pertaining to. People in Texas and in Ohio and Kentucky and West Virginia who are up late at night and want to watch a little football while they go to sleep on the West Coast aren't going to pay that kind of money just to watch that. They want it to be on their television set when they're flipping through looking for something to watch. Oh, that game's on? Click it. That's how I am. I want to be laying in bed late at night on a whatever Saturday night going to sleep and like, oh, look. USC's playing, you know, or sorry, this won't be that way, but it'd be like, uh, Cal's playing uh, Washington State. Okay, I'll watch that. No, that's not how this is. Now they're saying, well, if you're going to watch the Pac-12, you better be invested in it. That's a problem. That's a problem. One of the biggest reasons why, you know, I've always kind of been a little bit against streaming to an extent is because it's extra money out of the consumer's pockets, and you're going to drive some fans away from that. And it's hard to get to it for fans that are older and that are usually kind of your donors and your bigger money people. Like I always take my parents, for example, you know, my parents have had, my parents, you know, have season tickets uh, to go watch Nebraska athletics. They have football, volleyball, and, and basketball. And so they have season tickets and they go to those events, you know, but when this whole ordeal comes through and and there might be more streaming on Peacock with the new media deal, you know, I'm going to have to explain to them how to get Peacock, all that stuff. And that's, that's a hard deal for them to understand when they just want to turn on their TV, their dish network and flip and find the game. There it is. And go to the game and watch it when it's on the road or whatever. 
and those people are spending money with the universities and stuff that that help foot the bill for some things and you know universities are going to pick the are going to uh, make those people mad when they can't figure it all out so that's what i don't always like about streaming and things like that because the people who are the big money spenders are not able to watch the games it's hard for them but uh, look apple tv i think puts on a pretty good sports product i, I actually kind of like watching friday night baseball if i'm ever you know around not doing anything on a friday night i don't mind sitting there and watching they've got some unique statistical things which i enjoy watching and so i don't mind catching a game or two of that per summer i've watched some of it it's pretty good so i'm guessing their product that they'll put together for for football will be pretty solid as well but once again, if you're going to have to spend a lot of extra money just to watch Pac-12 football, you're really cutting your your audiences down. You're really cutting. You're only getting the people who are in bed. You're you're making football, college football, which is a national sport, feel like more of a niche sport when you do that kind of stuff. That's why the Pac-12 is in a lot of problems right now. And. I'll be intrigued to see once again where Arizona, Arizona State, maybe even Utah. There have been some rumblings about the corner, the, you know, the four corner state schools, uh, if they're going to jump boat and go to the Big 12 or somewhere else. But more specifically, Arizona, maybe not Arizona State and Utah as much, but I'm intrigued to see where those schools go and what they do because they were kind of all waiting to see what this deal was going to be, and now they're going to see. Well, do we stick around and stick with this, or do we leave? It'll be intriguing to find out here in the coming days and weeks. But once again, apparently Apple TV is the place that the Pac-12 is going to turn to for their media rights deal. That cannot be good. I don't think very good for the long run. Even though it's a short-term deal, and it's I think it's more of a Band-Aid for the Pac-12, which may be gone. It may not even need a Band-Aid. That conference might be dead here in a year or two. But it's a Band-Aid. They're trying to say that they're going to make money like ACC and Pac-12, but... Once again, you're you're really making it more of a niche type deal instead of letting the whole country be in on it with just being on ESPN or Fox or, or something like that or even the CW like the ACC is doing, finding another network. You're really, really making your audience a lot smaller, casting a very, not very wide net, very, very small net. There you go, the front page here on this Wednesday, August the 2nd. All right, uh, let's get to a break. When we come back, uh, Dan Lucero is going to join us on the show. Before we do that, though, I want to remind folks, uh, if you like the show or if you miss any of the show, any interviews and stuff like that, you can now catch us on all of your uh, podcast streaming favorites. So if you're Apple, if you're Spotify, you can now find us there, The Morning Blitz with Ross Folkmer. You can do it all there as well. Uh, also, during the break, if you're listening and you want to be a winner from the Kansas Lottery, now is the time to text in the word DEAD, and you can be a winner for the Day of the Dead instant tickets. Uh, i got a couple more tickets to give away here on this Wednesday, so text in the word DEAD to 785-899-2222, and you can be a winner from the Kansas Lottery and win yourself a Day of the Dead instant tickets. It's 731 Mounts and 831 Central Time. Back with Dan Lucero next here on The Blitz. Now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do. So great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage with Lucas Fuel Treatment at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply add it to your tank at your next fill-up to eliminate carbon and varnish deposits. Right now, get two bottles of Lucas Fuel Treatment for $10. See store for details. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store or shop online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's time for a check of the markets with the Anderson Trade Group on the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network. Good morning. This is Paige Chapman at the Andersons with your morning grain report on Tuesday, August 1st. In the overnight market, September corn is down one and three quarters at 502 and a quarter. December down two at 511. And March down to one and three quarters at 523 and a quarter. August soybeans are up four and a quarter at 14.50. September up three and three quarters at 13.74 and a quarter. And November up three quarters at 13.32 and a half. September Kansas City wheat is down six and three quarters at 8.06. December down six at 8.23 and a half. And March down five and a half at 8.28 and a quarter. Dow Jones is down 107 points at 35,588. S&P down 20 at 4,595. NASDAQ down 87 points at 15,769. Gold down $25.60 at $1,983.60. Silver is down 59 cents at 24.38. And crude oil is down 57 cents at 81.23. If you have any risk management questions or grain you would like to market in the Colorado area, you can reach. John Hankey or Joseph Koning at 970-744-4484 or in the Overland Park office, you can reach myself, Paige Chapman, Tom Saluto, or Tyler Ghosh at 913-748-3000. The Anderson Trade Group, proud market partners with Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio. Find out more at andersongrain.com. The risk of loss through trading futures and or options is substantial and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance, whether actual or indicated, is not indicative of future results. The Anderson Trade Group has no guarantee that the advice given will result in profitable trades. Child care providers are helpers, protectors, and professionals. They are devoted and hardworking and critical to many families' success. Our communities rely on child care professionals to nurture our children, to allow parents to return to work, and to keep our economy strong. They take care of all of us. Now it's our turn to return the favor. Let's give child care providers the resources they need to keep going. Together, let's strengthen child care in Kansas. Get involved at childcareinkansas.com. Corn rootworm is a ruthless pest, which is why Bayer is relentless in its innovation. SmartStacks Pro with RNAi technology is now here. With an RNAi-based mode of action unlike anything that's come before, plus two proven BT traits, it's innovation that equals the strongest biotech defense in medium to high corn rootworm pressure environments now available. Talk to your seed dealer about defending like a pro with SmartStacks Pro technology. Always read and follow IRM grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Performance may vary. Midwest Energy begins charging demand rates for residential customers on January 1st, 2024. In August, Midwest is sending all residential customers a mailer explaining demand rates. Participate in the Summer Demand Challenge and you'll learn how appliance use impacts demand and be entered to win one of 50 $50 Visa gift cards. Learn more about demand rates at MWEnergy.com under the Residential tab. Midwest Energy, a customer-owned cooperative, making energy work for you. 
Welcome to the Maverick Half Minute. We look forward to seeing our students for the first day of class on August 14th. Students still have time to register for our last two Maverick Enrollment Days being held on Thursday, June 22nd and Monday, July 24th. For more information, please call or text us at 785-890-3641 or email admissions at nwktc.edu. And there's still a chance to learn about our 17 hands-on programs, financial aid options, and campus tours. Register now at nwktc.edu. Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, and you're listening to my main man, Ross Volkmer. He may be a Husker, but he also knows how to rock chalk. And you're listening to the Morning Blitz right here on 102.5 Rock. Breaking ball smack toward right center field. Ortega's over, can't get it. It dropped for a base hit. Wind raises around third. No throw home. Wind slides in safely. This game is tied. Another highlight from the Royals' comeback balk-off win last night there at the K. Joining us on the phone now, our good friend, previous co-host of this show, Dan Lucero, joins us now on the phone. Good morning, Dan. Morning, Ross. Dan, how proud are you of your Rockies um, at the trade deadline for getting giving away some players? It's very strange. It's very out of character for the Rockies to decide, yeah, actually what we need to do is trade these veterans who aren't going to be part of a winning team here rather than try and sign them all to two-year contract extensions. Uh, Very out of character, but in a good way. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, the activity uh, of the Rockies, the aggressiveness of general manager Bill Schmidt to go and and move whoever he could move and, and try and restock uh, the, uh, the, the, the pitching surplus in the, uh, in the farm system for the Rockies. No, it was, it was very necessary. Uh, it seems like they came out as well as you could have expected, given the relative quality of the players they were trading. And uh, it was definitely a successful deadline for the Rockies. And I haven't been able to say that about them since probably, gosh, probably 2017 was the last time I felt like they did what they needed to do with the trade deadline. So, yeah, good for them. I am, I'm pleased. Yeah, I think the smart thing was, and you brought it up there, was that they, they traded away these pitchers, but they brought in more younger pitchers. Because in the sense of the Rockies, that's the way you're only going to get really good pitchers is if you develop them and bring them up in your system because not a lot of guys are going to come off the free agent market and want to come pitch in Colorado if they're a really, really good one. And quantity is pretty important. I mean, obviously you'd like to have quality. You wish you could get everybody's best pitching prospect, but uh, there is an old saying. Uh, they even turned it into an acronym at Baseball Prospectus. Uh, TINSTAP, I think, is the acronym. And it and it, uh, it stands for there is no such thing as a pitching prospect because there are so many things that can happen to a young pitcher on their way, on their journey from amateur baseball through the minors up to the major leagues. There's there's a lot of pitfalls. There's potential for injury. The Rockies are well aware of this. Three of their four best pitching prospects, their top-rated pitching prospects, of their four top-rated, three of them just had Tommy John surgery within the last week. So it's just kind of how it goes. So you need numbers. You need volume of young, promising arms. Because the more of them you have, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to get some of them to the major leagues, and they're going to be able to contribute – whether it's a member of the rotation or in the bullpen. And that is certainly what the Rockies need to do is develop that pitching from within. Dan Lucero, our guest here on the Morning Blitz. Was there anybody that the Rockies should have gotten rid of that they didn't, or you were surprised they were not able to deal off? 
I was a little surprised that Brent Suter didn't move the veteran left-handed reliever. Uh, he's had a really nice season for the Rockies. He also did deal with an injury that kept him out a month. Maybe that scared some teams off. Maybe also they were scared off by the fact that he only throws like 85 miles an hour. And uh, he's kind of living on the edge uh, as a reliever. But, I mean, the numbers don't lie. He's been really good this year. I was a little surprised he didn't move. Um, I know there were some whispers about them maybe – trying to trade jerks and pro far. I would have been okay with that, but uh, he did not move. I would have liked to have seen them maybe move Elias Diaz. I mean, I know he's the all-star game MVP and, and uh, hitting in the middle of that order and has a year left on a pretty affordable contract, but uh, there were definitely some teams with the need for a catcher and, and the Rockies might've been able to get more of a return for Diaz than they did for any of the other players that they traded. Uh, but on, at the same time, um, the Rockies like to keep players like Diaz who are on, you know, team friendly contracts and, uh, and that are going to be back next year. So that's, I guess I'm not surprised, but I would have liked to have seen them maybe pursue that. Are there any guys that are staying on the team or maybe that they've been brought up? This is their first year, full year at the, at the bigs for Colorado that you're excited to see them get more time to see what they can do. You know, guys like maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, whoever it might be going to fill it at first base, um, to, uh, to 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 fill the spots with C.J. Crone or an outfielder that gets to play more time because Randall Gritchick was traded. I mean, uh, is there anybody like that? That's uh, definitely uh, it's go time for Michael Tolia and Alaurice Montero. Uh, those two are going to get uh, a, a lot of at bats here these final two months, and they have to prove that they can stick in the major leagues because there's nothing to prove for those guys at AAA. Uh, Montero in particular, he every time he goes down to AAA, he dominates. And then he comes up to the major leagues, and it's like he's never seen a slider in his life, and he swings at everything. Uh, I mean, the, the stunning thing the other night, uh, in it was, uh, it was not last night, it was the night before, uh, Monday night, when uh, the Rockies had that win over the Padres in extra innings. And Montero had two hits in that game, and that was great, but what was more than a walk, it was only like the fourth time in some 150 plate appearances that he'd drawn a walk. Uh, that he managed to avoid swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. So that's going to be the biggest thing for Montero because when he makes contact, it's hard contact, and there's a lot of power potential there. Same goes for Tolia, uh, the switch-hitting first baseman slash outfielder. This is a big opportunity for him. Might just be like Montero, too much swing and miss for him to be a really good big league hitter, but uh, he's going to have a chance to hopefully try and eliminate some of that from his game and, and get more accustomed to big league pitching here over the next two months. Big opportunity for those two. I have my concerns about the swing and miss in their game, certainly, but uh, the power is real for both guys. If they can get to it more often, then, uh, then they're big leaguers. How about the Royals? Well, they, they, they got rid of Scott Barlow. They sent Nicky Lopez. They got rid of a few other guys. How did they do trade deadline-wise? You know, I thought they did really good yesterday uh, to be able to slip those trades of Ryan Yarbrough and Scott Barlow in under the wire. Uh, good business. I thought they did mostly good business. I hated the Nicky Lopez trade, not because they traded Nicky Lopez. That's whatever to me. Um, Nicky Lopez is not a starter, um, you know, utility guy. If you can trade a utility guy and get something back, I usually don't have a problem with that. I was surprised that the something they got back was a player they could have had for just writing the Rangers a check a week ago when he was DFA the first time. I like did did they not notice? <laughs> if they wanted this player so badly, did they not know they could have had him for essentially free? And then it cost him a player uh, a week later. That that's bad process, and I and I don't like that what that trade says about the Royals front office. 
and their process. But then they turned around, and I thought they had a pretty good last 24 hours before the trade deadline, flipping Jose Quas to the Cubs for Nelson Velasquez, a young outfielder with some power potential, uh, claiming Tucker Davidson off waivers from the Angels I thought was a good flyer to take. And then, uh, you know, it looks like the prospect hauls they got for both Yarbrough and Barlow are fairly promising. So uh, there's only but so much the Royals could do. They didn't have a bunch of rental pieces to trade off and try and bolster their farm system. But uh, I thought uh, they they rescued what was kind of a meh trade deadline for me uh, with the Barlow and Yarbrough trades. I, I thought they came out really good in those. Was there any team outside the Royals and Rockies that you thought had a pretty exceptional trade deadline and have set themselves up for a good finish to the season because of that? You know, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I didn't think there was anybody who had a super splashy deadline except for the teams out in the AL West that went and got, you know, some future Hall of Fame starting pitchers from the Mets. Uh, Max Scherzer going to the Rangers, who also added a couple of other arms. Uh, you can never have too many in a pennant race, and I thought that was uh, good and aggressive from the Rangers who are trying to get back to the postseason. It's been a while for them. And then the Astros get Justin Verlander back, and uh, he's obviously had a good track record of success wearing that uniform. So uh, those two teams, I thought, they went out and they got the best players. There weren't a lot of real impact backs, I didn't think, that were available uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, so so I, I don't know that anybody overhauled their lineup in a meaningful way. One other team I do want to nod to is the Angels. Uh, you mentioned Randall Gritchick and C.J. Crone. The Rockies traded them to the Angels. The Angels deciding to go for it while they have Shohei Otani on their team, even if it's the last two months that he wears that uniform, uh, that's good for baseball. I like seeing teams go for it. Even if it ends up not working out for them, at least they tried, and they owe that to their fans, and they owe that to their star. Was there any team that completely failed at the trade deadline? Um, the New York Yankees got like two guys, and, <laughs> uh, two two relievers, um, and then they went out and uh, they got like three hits last night. Like they are a mess, and uh, they're the Yankees. They should never look like this. Some of the guys they're running out in their lineup on a day to day basis are just like not Yankee caliber players. It's very surprising that they weren't more aggressive because that's what you expect the Yankees to try to win every single year. But uh, they you know, kind of didn't go for it, which was very strange to me. So, uh, yeah, that was the one team that stood out. Uh, up until like an hour before the deadline, they were the only team that hadn't been involved in a trade. So, yeah, very strange deadline for the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, they should have. I don't know. I thought they should have been sellers. So I don't. They just. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, that was there because they probably they haven't been in this position. You know, dead last in their division since I think what nineteen ninety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, de- yeah. I mean, but that's no excuse because the Cardinals are never sellers either. That's true. They identified that they got no chance. They went out and they did. They did some good business. Nope, they, they did. Traded some pitchers and uh, were able to restock their farm a little bit. So. Uh, yeah, if the Cardinals can do it, the Cardinals can be sellers. Certainly the Yankees could figure it out. Dan Lucero, our guest here on the Morning Blitz. I, I want to change gears. I want to go to college football and Colorado, saying they're going to be coming back to the Big 12, and that's the way it's looking. This was the right move for Colorado, wasn't it? Yes, 100%, um, for so many ways. Number one, the Pac-12 is a sinking ship, and uh, there, there are but so many spaces on the Big 12 life raft. And Colorado had that option. They had that previous uh, relationship and history in the Big 12, and they went out and they got it done. 
So, uh, yeah, I think it's great for Colorado. I think it's going to help their athletics. Uh, Even beyond having Deion Sanders as their head football coach, this is going to open up recruiting territory for them that has kind of been closed off to them for a while uh, in uh, in the Pac-12. They're going to be able to get back into Texas, maybe even into Florida in, in the new Big 12. And I think basketball will be in good shape. I don't know that they'll be a year-in, year-out contender to win the league, but I think they'll be they'll be tough in that league. Tad Boyle's a Jayhawk. He knows how to win in that league. And, and uh, I think they'll be in good shape there. So, yeah, I think it's a great move for Colorado. I'm excited to have them back in the Big 12. Who do you think joins them out of the Pac-12 in the Big 12 now? That's the, uh, that's the $32 million question, $32 million being the – amount of uh, TV money that any new member gets if they join the Big 12. Um, I think Arizona's a lock. I think they're a shoe-in. The only question is, is anybody coming with them? Um, there's a long-standing relationship, obviously, between Arizona and Arizona State. It's hard to imagine one leaving without the other. Uh, I think that Utah also has to be considering leaving at this stage. I know they feel some loyalty to the Pac-12 Loyalty is going to get you nowhere. If you want to be competitive, you want to make more money for your athletic department, be somewhere stable, the Big 12 is the place to be. And so any school with options, and those four corner schools have options, should absolutely be filing the paperwork, trying to figure out what it's going to take uh, to jump conferences. Uh, I I think it's going to be all three of them. I, I think if you'd asked me a couple of days ago, I would have said it's just Arizona. But uh, with all of the reporting about, well, it's either going to be all three or none because nobody wants to be the team to break up the Pac-12. Well, I got news uh, for Arizona, for Arizona State, and for Utah. Pac-12 already broke up. You didn't have anything to do with it. It broke up when <laughs> USC and UCLA left. You're not going to be the ones that broke up the Pac-12. You're going to be the ones that did the smart thing for you. So uh, those schools, I think, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, I think they make a lot of sense for the Big 12, and I think they all will be in the Big 12. Hasn't this just been an amazing storyline to follow? I mean, going all the way back to when, you know, the Big 12 wanted to join up with the Pac-12, make kind of an alliance-type deal, and the Pac-12 said, no, we're no good, we're thanks, and everyone thought the Big 12 was going to die, and now it looks like the Pac-12 is going to die. Uh, And and it even comes out with the news last night that, you know, the Pac-12 is in such a bad spot that it looks like only Apple TV is going to pick up their their television rights. I mean, it's an amazing story that's that's gone over the last 365-plus days. Yeah, it's an all-time bag fumble. Uh, two, two, maybe the two <laughs> worst commissioners in the history of college athletics, uh, Larry Scott and George Klebikoff, have, have kind of conspired to put the Pac-12 in a really bad spot. And I don't want the Pac-12 to die. I mean, that's great history. It's the Conference of Champions. It's Bill Walton. It's Pac-12 after dark. There's a lot of great things I like about the Pac-12, but uh, they have been mismanaged. They've done wrong by their members. And if their members have a way out, uh, they should probably take it. I hope that the Pac-12 can survive in some fashion, but uh, it doesn't look very likely. It looks like it's going to be like Mountain West Platinum is what it's essentially going to end up being. like the, the, the Platinum brand of the Mountain West Conference, uh, at least until, uh, until Oregon and Washington get that Big Ten invite that they're, that they're holding out for. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be very interesting. Uh, Dan Lucero, our good friend here on the Morning Blitz. Thank you, Dan. Have a great rest of your week. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Once again, great stuff there. Uh, Dan Lucero, now at uh, Sports Talk WIBW 580 in Topeka. All right, good stuff there. Let's take a break. We come back. Uh, an interesting story out of the Big 12 about a quarterback that's set to start 
for the in the Big 12 this year for a Big 12 program, but uh, he's in some hot water and he may not be starting. He may not even be allowed to play. We'll get to that next during the morning blitz. The extracurricular activities, the traffic, the nightly homework, the traffic, the finding time to eat dinner together as a family, the traffic. Back to school can be stressful. Thanks to Ziploc, meal prep doesn't have to be. New Ziploc bags with Stay Open Design have a patented stand-up bottom that helps keep the bag upright and a top crease that folds and holds for easy filling, unlocking a second set of hands in the kitchen. If only it unlocked a second set of lanes. New Ziploc brand freezer and storage bags with Stay Open Design from SC Johnson, a family company. Bobby, did we get that ship in a mesquite? Jim's woodworking shop worked fine until half his staff retired. Wow, those cuts are neat. <laughs> I'm really going to miss your precision. He needs four skilled woodworker bees ASAP. All right, this jigsaw needs a new blade. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates, and you can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. If you're shopping for a banking institution, visit with Equity Bank of Hoxie, Grinnell, and Quinner, Kansas. The Equity Bank is heavily invested in local business and activities contributing in many ways back to their community. Their employees are involved with many organizations and area events. Plus, a lot of experience comes with that staff. You'll find valuable local assistance when you bank at the Equity Bank of Hoxie, Grinnell, Quinter, and other locations in western Kansas. The Equity Bank. Member FDIC. When you wake up well-rested on a great mattress, everything becomes clear. I am just like my mother. Things you missed when you were tired finally reveal themselves. I should just get fake plants. At Mattress Firm, we know the right mattress matters. Right now, save up to $600 and get a free adjustable base with Select Sealy mattresses during our Black Friday Now sale. Shop in-store or online at mattressfirm.com. The right mattress matters. We'll find yours. Restrictions apply. See store or website for details. Are you getting all the discounts you're entitled to on your home and auto insurance? Multi-car, multi-policy, common loss deductible, remodel credits are just a few options available. Do you have a special circumstance requiring insurance coverage? We might be able to help with that also. Check with the girls at the insurance agency at 1020 Main Street in Goodland or call 785-899-5011. We offer coverage from several companies to best suit your insurance needs. Call or stop by and talk to Roxanne, Susan, or Judy for all your insurance needs. Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. A two-hand follow jam is true for Josh Jackson. You're listening to the Morning Blitz with my main man, Ross Volkmer, right here on 1025 You Rock. Thanks to listeners Kyler and Tracy. They are winners of the Day of the Dead instant tickets. So once again, they'll be... Couple more chances, another chance to win this week and next week as well. You could be a winner from the Kansas Lottery like Kyler and Tracy were today. Thanks again to Dan Lucero as well joining the program, giving his insights on MLB trade deadline and also, of course, talking about uh, Colorado going to the Big 12 and possibly the teams that will follow them at some point in time. We will see. Interesting news coming out of the uh, Big 12 conference. here this late last night, last afternoon, last night, and into this morning, as it sounds like as if... So there's been a lot of... So a big thing at the end of last year, and I don't know why it's in the state of Iowa that we're finding all this out, but the University of Iowa and Iowa State have had multiple athletes across multiple different sports getting popped or getting 
found out that they were gambling on games illegally. It's illegal to gamble on sports being an athlete. It's illegal to do that, uh, you know, at those universities uh, in the school bylines. And so there have been some athletes that have turned up that have been guilty of doing that. There was a baseball pitcher for Iowa. There were some other guys in the Iowa program. There were some football. There were some guys in the Iowa State program. And one of those guys apparently is predicted to be this year's starting quarterback because he was the starter last year. That is Hunter Deckers, the Iowa State quarterback. He's been accused of betting on events even involving the Cyclones, including a 2021 football game. And is among four current or former athletes at the university charged with tampering with records related to ongoing investigations by the Iowa Criminal Division. So that's a lot. But pretty much what it is is that Deckers made these bets back in 2021, including betting on a football team that he was a part of. Now, he was not starting. I believe that was Brock Purdy and those guys. But he was still on the team, was Hunter Deckers. But he bet on a game against Oklahoma State um, back on October 23rd of 2021. He did not play in that contest, but he did make a bet. And he was un- he was under the age of 21, which is the legal betting age. And he was able to get away with it because he disguised his identity with the help of his parents, Scott and Jamie Decker. So the parents said... Sure. I, I, maybe they didn't even know. Maybe he just put their names in and their information, and he placed bets with using their names. Um, and my guess is they're trying to probably take the fall and say it was us and not him, but there's enough smoke here to where this guy who was on the team placed bets on, his, on, the, on the team that he was playing for and with and this is this could get this is a really slippery slope. Um, he said he will plead not guilty to the charge, but is going to step away from the team. Big news! That's the starting quarterback last year, who as a sophomore started all twelve games and is expected to be their starter this year. Now he wasn't amazing last year, but he was. Once again, he's got experience. It's a big big deal. Now if you're Matt Campbell. Who's had a couple of rough years now after losing had a rough year last year and you know didn't have a great year in the year that he had Purdy and and uh, Reese Hall and all those guys playing that are now making an impact in the NFL. You know he had kind of a down year that year and expected to have a double digit win season he didn't. The following year they lost all those guys and they had struggles. So be it. You know now they now they've got this issue problems problems bursting up at Iowa State and this is a big one losing your starting quarterback a month before the season. Is not easy whatsoever. A three-run walk-off home run. A game-winning walk-off with a walk-off. His second walk-off hit of the season. In walk-off fashion, that baby's gone. That's just humongous. I mean, you, you get it. You're in camp. All right, a guy gets hurt. That's a tough break. But, you know, but this was something that could have been prevented. A guy illegally gambling underneath his parents' names which is a double whammy there. That guy's in a lot of trouble. Decker's the quarterback for Iowa State in a lot of trouble, and they might be in trouble because they're going to have to go to a whole other quarterback after him to get that done. Thanks to Dan Lucero for hopping on the show today. It was a fun show visiting with him. We're back again tomorrow on a Thursday. We will talk to you in 23 hours. It's been the Morning Blitz. Thanks for listening.